0: Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read about the cleansing of lepers in Leviticus 14. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, This shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall look. Then if the case of leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleansed two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. And the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water. He shall take the live bird, with the cedar wood, and the scarlet yarn, and the hyssop, and dip them, and the live bird, in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease. Then he shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird go into the open field. And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, and shave off all his hair, and bathe himself in water, and he shall be clean. And after that he may come into the camp, but live outside his tent seven days. And on the seventh day he shall shave off all his hair from his head, his beard, and his eyebrows. He shall shave off all his hair, and then he shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two male lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb a year old without blemish, and a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, and one log of oil. And the priest who cleanses him shall set the man who is to be cleansed, and these things, before Yahweh, at the entrance of the tent of meeting; and the priest shall take one of the male lambs, and offer it for a guilt offering, along with the log of oil, and wave them for a wave offering before Yahweh; and he shall kill the lamb in the place where they kill the sin offering and the burnt offering, in the place of the sanctuary. For the guilt offering, like the sin offering, belongs to the priest; it is most holy. The priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering, and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest shall take some of the log of oil, and pour it into the palm of his own left hand, and dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and sprinkle some with his finger seven times before Yahweh. And some of the oil that remains in his hand the priest shall put on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the guilt offering. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed. Then the priest shall make atonement for him before Yahweh. The priest shall offer the sin offering, to make atonement for him who is to be cleansed from his uncleanness. And afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar, Thus the priest shall make atonement for him, and he shall be clean. But, if he is poor and cannot afford so much, then he shall take one male lamb for a guilt offering to be waved, to make atonement for him, and a tenth of an effa of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and a log of oil, also two turtle doves, or two pigeons, whichever he can afford. The one shall be a sin offering, and the other a burnt offering, And on the eighth day he shall bring them for his cleansing to the priest, to the entrance of the tent of meeting before Yahweh. And the priest shall take the lamb of the guilt offering and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before Yahweh. And he shall kill the lamb of the guilt offering. And the priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering, and put it on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. And the priest shall pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand, and shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is in his left hand seven times before Yahweh. And the priest shall put some of the oil that is in his right hand on the lobe of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, in the place where the blood of the guilt offering was put. And the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed, to make atonement for him before Yahweh. And he shall offer of the turtle doves or pigeons, whichever he can afford, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering, along with a grain offering. And the priest shall make atonement before Yahweh for him who is to be cleansed. This is the law for him in whom is a case of leprous disease who cannot afford the offerings for his cleansing. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, and I put a case of leprous disease in a house in the land of your possession, then he who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, There seems to me to be some case of disease in my house. Then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes to examine the disease, lest all that is in the house be declared unclean. And afterward the priest shall go in to see the house. And he shall examine the disease, and if the disease is in the walls of the house with greenish or reddish spots, and if it appears to be deeper than the surface, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. And the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look. If the disease has spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall command that they take out the stones in which is the disease and throw them into an unclean place outside the city, And he shall have the inside of the house scraped all around, and the plaster that they scrape off they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other plaster and plaster the house. If the disease breaks out again in the house after he has taken out the stones and scraped the house and plastered it, then the priest shall go and look. And if the disease has spread in the house, it is a persistent leprous disease in the house, it is unclean. And he shall break down the house, its stones and timber and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them out of the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever enters the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening, and whoever sleeps in the house shall wash his clothes, and whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. But if the priest comes and looks, and if the disease is not spread in the house after the house was plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, for the disease is healed. And for the cleansing of the house, he shall take two small birds with cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop, and shall kill one of the birds in an earthenware vessel over fresh water, and shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn along with the live bird, and dip them in the blood of the bird that was killed and in the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. Thus he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the fresh water and with the live bird and the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet yarn, and he shall let the live bird go out of the city into the open country, so shall he make atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. This is the law for any case of leprous disease, for an itch, for a leprous disease in a garment or in a house, and for a swelling or an eruption or a spot, to show when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law for leprous disease. This is the word of the Lord. So yesterday we saw what makes the person unclean with leprosy, how that was all determined. And now we see, well, what happens when their leprosy has healed up, when it has gone away? And so what we have here is a three-stage process. And you're going to see it. The first stage is basically going to start with the beginning of the text and go through verse 7. And then you've got a second stage. Sorry, it goes through verse 8. The second stage is verse 9. That's it. The third stage is going to be verse 10 through 20 and gets repeated for the poor in verses 21 to 32. So let's review these real quick. First, stage one, if a leprous person believes that they are no longer leprous, they believe that they have been healed in time, then they are to essentially arrange for the priest to be brought out of the camp, right? They're supposed to meet the priest still outside the camp. They can't go in until they're declared clean. So whether they're able to communicate somehow probably by shouting right to get someone to to go bring a priest out or if they just wait for one of the priests who's making another offering um, to come outside the camp with with the ashes or something like that from another offering and and talk to them and communicate with them then it's it's a tricky spot you can see how they might be in because they can't approach people they can't exactly just say hey poke on somebody's shoulder and say hey go talk to the priest for me And they can't go in themselves. So what they do, though, once the the priest comes to look, if it is indeed healed, and the priest determines that it's healed and the person is is okay to basically return to the camp at this point, that starts the process of stage one. So they take two birds, the type of bird, not specified, just clean, not unclean. So we had a list of clean and unclean birds. What chapter was that in? Eleven? Chapter 11, I believe. So you've got that list for some examples here. And they're going to take some wood, some yarn, and some hyssop. Hyssop being a type of plant. Often used for applying well, sprinkling, because it's good for splattering, um, or even painting. You know, you think of the palm branches that your churches might use, uh, if you use particularly the, not just the single... I don't want to say stem not just a single like blade of a palm branch but actually one that has multiple on it that you could wave take something like that if you dip it in water and then you start flicking it that's going to do a good sprinkling uh, that might be some kind of a picture picture what's happening here but anyway um, one of the birds is killed over a pot over a clay vessel that has water in it so the blood of that bird is going to mix with the water and then they're going to take the remaining bird tying it up with the the wood and the hyssop and the yarn, and they're going to dip it in the blood, the blood water that's there, sprinkle it on the person that is to be cleansed, to be declared clean, and then the priest pronounces him clean, and he lets the the living bird go. So this is a sacrifice, a smaller one, compared to some of the other offerings in the book, but this is a specific sacrifice being offered. That person then washes himself clean, shaves off all of his hair, and takes a bath. That bath idea here might pull in Naaman's account. Uh, some of you will remember Naaman who comes to Israel to be cleansed of leprosy. And that text is in 2 Kings chapter 5 and is really a, a neat parallel to pick up on and, and read together as a family if you've got the time to do it. I mean, Naaman, Naaman doesn't He's tried everything back home. He, he, he doesn't know how to be healed and be made well again. He's, he's an army commander to the Syrian king. So he's a high-ranking person. He's got some wealth, he's got some power, but it's not good enough to cure a disease. And the Syrian king, after learning from a little girl in Naaman's house, one of the slave kids that they've captured from Israel, uh, learning that there's a prophet in Israel who can heal Naaman, the king gladly sends Naaman down there to Israel to see if this can be done. Um, and when the, when Naaman approaches the prophet, which at this time is Elisha, Elisha doesn't even come out to meet him. All right, still unclean. yeah. So Elisha instead sends uh, his servant to go tell Naaman what to do, which is to wash himself seven times in the Jordan River and he will be cleansed. And Naaman throws a fit about it. Um, how he's got greater rivers back home. Why did he make this journey for this? He thought at least he'd meet the man. Naaman's servant, thankfully, is faithful and says, look, if he'd given you something harder to do, you would have done it. Why not the easy thing? Just go go dip yourself in the river seven times. And he does, and he's healed. Now, Naaman is an Israelite, so he doesn't follow these laws. He doesn't go and show a priest. He just goes home. We need to focus on the ones that have to follow these rules. So we're going to come to a New Testament account of that here in just a little bit, but let's, let's look at stage two first. So he's come into the camp again, but he has to live outside his tent for seven days. And then you get a, a, basically a repetition. He has to once again shave off all his hair. He has to take another bath, wash his clothes. And at that point, he is once again declared clean. So second time of that. That was on day seven. Now on day eight, you get the third stage, and this is a sacrifice. So you get the two male lambs, one female. Um, you get the grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah, which would be about six or seven liters. You get a log of oil, which is about a third of a quart. And he brings all of this to the priest, and the priest is then going to make this offering on his behalf. One of the male lambs is a guilt offering, and then they have a wave offering. We see them kill the lamb. Um, in the sanctuary, so in the holy place, and, you know, now we're in the tabernacle itself. Um, The priest is going to take the blood, he's going to put it on the ear, the thumb, and the big toe of this man, right? That's something we saw back in chapter 8 done for the priests when they were being ordained. We're also going to see the priest is going to take some of the oil, and he's, well, the rest of the oil when he's done here, he's going to pour it over this man's head, This man who has been cleansed from leprosy just got anointed in the same way that the priest did. Now, the the offerings and the sacrifices aren't quite the same. They don't line up. So he's not ordained into the priesthood, but this is marking him as holy to the Lord, as special to the Lord in some certain way here that is unique and that should not be overlooked. Now, there is an alternate version of this. So the the burnt offering is offered next with the grain offering. You can see that the rest of the text there. But verse 21, if he's not rich enough, there's a separate way to do this for the poor. That is, two less lambs and two-tenths less flour. Two-tenths of an ephah less flour. So it would be cheaper significantly for that person to be cleansed. Now, what I wanted to connect all of this to... And, and maybe your children can make the connection already. This is a text that is read every year in our churches on Thanksgiving Day. So this is Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, Jesus cleansing 10 lepers. In fact, the oddity of the text is Jesus doesn't heal them, like not not right away. He tells them to go and tell the priests that they're clean, right? So it's verse 14 Sorry, chapter 14, it's verse 2 and 3. If he thinks he's healed, go to the priest. Jesus sends these still unclean, still leprous men to go show themselves to the priest. And they trust him and they go. I mean, that's important. That's relevant to that whole idea. And then, sure enough, on the way, they are healed. They're cleansed. And they get to begin entering into, then, this three-stage process of going back to their homes and their families. Only one of them, however, comes back to Jesus. Instead of going to the priest, when he's healed, he turns around and he goes to his true priest. He goes to Jesus. There's something to be said about that man's faith. The others just, they wanted to get the process started. They wanted to get home as soon as they could. But he realized that something greater had just taken place. And it's a lesson in Thanksgiving, um, the, that certain text, which is why it falls in that holiday. But it gives you the chance to talk about that one a little, a little bit more differently or uniquely than maybe you've talked about it before as you look at it through the lens of Leviticus 14. Now, our text ended with a similar thing. Um, we saw the garment yesterday becoming unclean from leprosy. Now, what about a house that becomes unclean with leprosy? And so the probably the most interesting note is right away in verse 34 and I put a case of leprous disease in a house this is a reminder that God is in control of all things at the very least if we get sick it's because God allowed it to happen but it could be because the Lord as a punishment as a consequence of our sin he gave us that sickness the Lord is in control And he will work all things to the good of his people, even in death, right? We truly believe as Christians to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so this house is contaminated. It's diseased because the Lord has put that disease there. And his people now are supposed to trust him. They're supposed to follow his commandments and do this thing. So what are they to do? Well, they're to tell the priest. And the priest goes to the house. They have to empty the house out first. So everything else doesn't get called unclean. Because if the priest says it, it goes. So if the priest says it's unclean, it's unclean. So take stuff out of your house before the priest shows up. And then he's going to look at this greenish-reddish coloration. That's why he called him in. And if it's deeper than the surface, you know, it's not just like a, a chalky, powdery substance on the wall that can be scraped off easy. But if it's actually deeper, it penetrates the wall, that's the thing he's looking for. So the house gets closed off for seven days. No one can live in it. Um, it's, it's isolated. And then he re- he reviews it again. And if it has spread, that's well, the leprosy part, then he's going to take out the infected stonework. He's going to remove that. It's going to get taken out of the, the camp, dumped into an unclean place outside the camp. And then they're going to scrape the walls. Can you imagine that? Scraping all the walls of your house, all of them. And they're going to dump all that scraped off. They're going to dump all that outside of the camp as well. Then he's going to put new bricks in, like new stones, new plaster over it. I mean, look at this. The priest in this chapter has become, well, he's the guy in charge of all the sacrifices and the forgiveness of sins for the people. He's basically the doctor in the last chapter as he examines these skin conditions, and now he's a contractor. He's building houses. I mean, look at this. These priests are called upon to be jacks of all trade. Anyway. If the disease appears again, then it is deemed persistent. The house is torn down. Stone, timber, and plaster, all the building materials used to build a house, and that's all carried outside the city to the unclean place. Now, we get verse 46 and 47. Basically, if anyone were to go into the house that is unclean or is being examined for being unclean for those seven days, they are unclean. They are unclean till the evening. They have to wash their clothes. The question that you could ask your children on this is where could they live? Like, if this was your house and you can't live there for seven days, where would you go? This is a great chance to talk about hospitality, that we are called to love our neighbors. And if your neighbor needs a place to stay, you offer him a place to stay. That would be a, a great benefit. Now, the rest of the text is about cleansing this house. And the cleansing is actually the same as stage two you no know, stage one of cleansing the, the leper's person. You take the two live birds again that we talked about before, and instead of sprinkling the person, you're gonna sprinkle the house with that blood water from the, the death of the first bird. And then you let the live bird go again, and the house is atoned for, it's made right with God, and clean. Now, the thing I want to note on this before we wrap up today is Is they didn't have houses yet they were living in tents so the fact that the lord is mentioning laws for the cleansing of houses that won't come into play for nearly 40 years god has made them a promise he has given them a promised land and he will give it to them he will bring them in to possess it so this law is a law for the future it is a law that tells them that the lord is actually going to keep a promise to them that he already made so that they then can follow this law it's kind of a neat little picture there. Um, it is, a, in essence, it's it's like the idea that the Lord, the Lord has already got things for you to do in paradise. Not quite this specific where you know what, but the Lord has things for us to do in paradise. We're going to care for his new creation somehow, whatever that's going to look like. So the promise is that you get to go to paradise. And then that he's already prepping things for you to do there, that's just an encouragement to you to remember that, yeah, that paradise is real. So this promised land is real, and you're going to someday get to build a house again and live in a house. And when you do, you'll know that the Lord has done this good thing for you.